super excited because tonight is actually the last night um, of our kingdom culture focus. No. Yeah, it's the last night, which means it's the last night of our series uh, on the, the body, soul, and the spirit. Um, so really excited about the, the message tonight. Um, I'm super excited about next week. Are you guys excited about next week with the death has died message and everything like that? Come on. That's what I like. Bring the same energy and bring a friend and bring somebody who doesn't know Jesus. All right. Because it's going to be an incredible, incredible, incredible night. So um, super pumped about that. But I um, want to kind of get into uh, what we're talking about. Does anybody remember what we talked about last week? Started with a T. T-R. How about that? No, not truth. Sure. Hey, transformation, gold star for Montana. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Yeah, so, hey, we talked really uh, about transformation and how important um, transformation is in the life of, of a believer. If you're going to say that you uh, follow Jesus, man, transformation is a big part of that, allowing Christ to do the work of transformation in our life. I want to talk tonight on the other side of spiritual formation. You have the transformation and that's what God does for us. But there's actually things that we do for God. And I'm not just talking about like things that we do for God. But I mean like there are things and, and, and methods that we can set out to follow God and to, to really tune our hearts and our ears, our bodies, our minds, our souls. Ah, get it? Um, we can start to tune ourselves to hear from him and to draw close to him. Um, it starts with a D and it's called um, I forgot what it was called. It's called, no, it's called Disciplines. Sorry, I forgot how to, yeah, my brain's just going crazy. So, um, so you have transformation. That's what God does for us. But then we actually discipline ourselves, and that's what we do on behalf of God because of, of what he's done for us. And so uh, we're going to kind of jump around everywhere. We're going to be in Matthew, Joshua, 1 Thessalonians, all, this, all these places. So um, it'll be good sword drill for you. You guys remember, you guys, who knows what a sword drill is? Yeah, it's a little old school. But like basically you just take your Bible and you try to find the book. Like if I'm like, find Ruth, you got to flip out. It's awesome. So that's kind of how it's going to be tonight. Um, but there's not a whole lot of scripture. So. Um, so there is that. But um, before I get that, I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, somebody that I know um, and I love a lot. Uh, her name is Macy. Give it up for Macy. She's amazing. Macy, um, Macy is incredible for a lot of reasons. But one of the most incredible things that I think about, I love about Macy is how disciplined she is with how she lives her life, with how she tackles things. I don't know if you know Macy, like, personally, um, whatever she puts in front of her, she's going to go do. And whatever she does, she's going to do uh, even more than that. Like, that's just how she operates. That's how she does everything. And I absolutely love that about her. Uh, any goal that she has, anything that she says she, she's going to do, she goes and she does anything that she can do to get that. She's one of the most competitive people on the planet, and she kind of gets a little scary. I'm not going to lie. When it comes to, like, uh, yeah, if you play, like, uh, like we play pool on iMessage a lot, and um, I, it's scary. I'm going to be honest, okay? Uh, she is just super competitive, and I love that about her. One of the hilarious things is that she claims that she's not a morning person. She keeps telling me that she's not. 
Uh, but she wakes up at 4.45 every weekday, except for her day off, to go and she, she, uh, she takes time to really just maximize her day. She goes, hits the gym, does everything she needs to do. She's done like 10 things before I even wake up. She's like, hey, hey. I'm like, what? She's like fully dressed and ready to go. She's like, why aren't you up? I'm like, it's 6.30. <laughs> Please, just let me sleep a little longer. I graduated middle school already. I don't want to go. Um, she's like, get up. I'm like, okay, cool. Sounds good. But I absolutely love that about her. And so in the same way that we were talking about transformation and how when you dedicate yourself to something, that why don't, why don't we do that spiritually? It's the same way with disciplines. If we're willing to discipline ourselves, if we're willing to create habits that are healthy, that are good, that are amazing for how we live our day-to-day life and the things that we know and the things that we do, why don't we do that spiritually? Why are we not doing that um, in our spiritual life, in our walk with Christ? And so I want to read in Matthew chapter 6, verse uh, verse 16, uh, I want to just, like I said, I'm going to jump around a little bit because uh, I think that there are three main disciplines that tie into the body, the mind, and the soul, like we talked about last week, that, that we're transformed through our body, through our mind, and through our soul. And so this is the way that we do our part to kind of discipline the body, the mind, and the soul. So the first one is this. It's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. It says, Jesus is talking in the, in the, uh, the Sermon on the Mount, and he's talking about uh, this thing that, that we know uh, to be fasting. And he says, when you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their face and they show others uh, to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. Everybody say, in full. You see... You see, fasting um, is, is a way that we discipline our body because our bodies need discipline when it comes to spiritual matters. Our bodies need, uh, uh, it needs discipline. Now, that's not, to say, that's not to say that we have a distorted view uh, of, of food, and there's actually other ways to fast. I want to talk about that a little bit, but I want to kind of hit what it is uh, what fasting is in general. Fasting is, is actually just placing the spiritual concerns that you have above the physical needs that you have for a time period. Unless you're really, 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 really sure that God is calling you to it. Because there are t- sometimes in scripture where people would literally go 40 days without food or water or anything and just be. And they're probably really cranky, you know. But it was really just to spend more time with the Lord. You see, our culture has a very distorted view of how we view food and how we view that. And I want to talk a little bit about that because that's what Jesus is talking about here. But then I want to just let you guys know that there are some other ways um, that we can, we can fast. Because, see, we either, we either think of food as something that, um, you know, it, maybe it's, it's, it should be avoided because you know, you have to watch everything and you have to do with it. Or you flip on the other side and you, you know, you overeat and you do all these, all these things. And, and either way, on either side of the spectrum, whether you're, you know, you're, you're, you have just a distorted view of, of that, either way it becomes an idol. And that's really the, the, the purpose and the, 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 the reason that there are the fasts of, of, of food is because 
it can kind of be an idol, especially in our culture. I know my parents, when they go travel, they don't want to travel to see things or to do things. They want to just go to restaurants. That's just how they, how they travel. But it can become an idol. And there are times, inappropriate times, inappropriate seasons to fast. I would argue that if you are in middle school, you don't fast food. I would argue that if you're in high school, you be careful with how you fast food. Why? Because we're, we're growing. I'm not growing. <laughs> you know, I'm not growing anymore. But, like, you guys, <laughs> you guys are still developing and, and, and still doing that. Food is very essential and important to you guys. And so I'm not saying and I'm not suggesting that, that, that you partake in every single time of that. But there are things that you can do to fast. To, to discipline your body. Because I don't know about you, but I love, like, putting a screen in front of me, right? And I love putting a screen in front of that screen. And sometimes I'll put a smaller screen in front of that screen. And then sometimes I'll put a smaller screen in front of that screen. You just love screens, right? Social media is huge. Entertainment is huge, right? There are, fa- there are actually times where you can, you can fast from those things. You can take time and say, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to watch TV. I'm not going to watch this. I'm not going to have this. There can be things that basically you abstain from. You see, fasting is so cool because you're actually able to, to take something out. doesn't necessarily have to be food, but you take something out and then you replace it with God and more time with him and being able to hear from him. You see, it helps us focus as we seek out the will of God. And it fine-tunes our hearts to be more closely connected with him. You think about Jesus, and, and as he went into the wilderness, he went immediately um, into the wilderness. And, and he went without food and water for 40 days. But in that time, it really prepared him for everything that he was going to be doing over the next three and a half years of his life. It was very formative into what he was going to be stepping into. The, the miracles, the teachings, the, the corrections, all of these things were important. And Jesus also teaches here that fasting shouldn't be done to show how holy you are. If you're ever fasting, and uh, I'm, on a, I'm on a social media, I think it's so funny to me with social media fasts because people will post on social media that they're fasting from social media. I'll say that again. They fast from social media and tell you they're fasting from social media by posting on social media. I'm like, okay, that makes no sense, like, because you're – that, just, no, it just doesn't make sense. But see, it's not meant to be something that is advertised like that. Now, if you're talking to somebody and you're like, hey, I'm putting my phone away. Like, if I don't answer your call, I'm not dead, promise. You know, like, that might be a good reason. But there's not a reason to advertise when you fast. Why? Because it's a personal thing. Even if it's done corporately. Even if you fast, and it, we're, we, you know, we, do, we do church fasts at the, at the end of three days, uh, at the end of the month, we do three-day fasts. Those are corporate times where we're all doing that, but I guarantee you, if you talk to people who are fasting during that time, they're all doing something different for one. Some aren't fasting food at all, and some are, are fasting for this reason. Some are doing it for this reason. Some want clarity. Some want decision-making. There, there's so many reasons there that it's a personal thing, so we can't fool ourselves into thinking, oh, I'm more holy or I'm more spiritual because I fast, because I, because I take this thing away. You see, 
Like I said, Jesus, when he did that, that was coming right off of his baptism, and it prepared him for the years of ministry that he was going to be doing. Some of the times for me personally, and I'll even share a story of a time where it wasn't a traditional fast, but the times where I do that, where I discipline my body, where I take time to actually just pay attention and focus and be able to create and carve room for God to speak and to move in my life, if I take more uh, time to do that, he begins to speak clearly. There are things that happen during times of, of fasting that are incredible spiritually. It's some of the best times that we can actually hear from him. Um, when I was uh, doing, um, when I was getting, Macy and I were in marriage counseling. Um, no, nothing was wrong. It's just what we do before you get married. Please do marriage counseling before you get married. Okay. My dad didn't get that concept. He was like, what's wrong? You're not even married yet. You guys are just engaged and you're not even counseling. It's all good, dad. Don't worry about it. Um, but we were, we were uh, in like the third or fourth week. It was really close kind of to the, to really the brunt of like wedding season. And uh, Macy's parents did our marriage counseling. So it was <laughs> Pastor Mike and Elisa. And, and uh, we get to the end of our session or whatever. And he said, okay. I want you guys to do a fast. I'm like, all right, cool. Like fast before, you know, you get married. That's great. He said, I want you to take a fast from each other. And I think Macy like audibly was like, no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, why? Like he just, he just said that that's, he's like, that's what I advise people to do before they get married to, to take uh, just some time away. And he said, basically you have to get right with God and, and, and talk with him over these next few days. Don't be distracted by even the person that you're going to be committed to for the rest of your life. And let me tell you, it was very hard. It was three days. But for six months, we spent every single day together. I know, gross, right? Like, it's disgusting. But that was literally what we did. So Macy's like, I don't think I can do this. And, like, literally, we're, we're saying goodbye for, like, the last time for before the, it was, like, a weekend or whatever. It was like, we're going to start it on Thursday, and we're going to see each other on Sunday or whatever. She's literally like, I'm like, what's wrong? She's I don't want to do this. I know, right? So cute. But it was so important. And it was so good for setting healthy, uh, a healthy trajectory for our marriage and, and for that season. Because let me tell you, wedding season is crazy. It's absolutely insane. And so it was so good to be able to actually take time to be closer to the Lord, to discipline what I wanted to do. What I wanted to do, what I wanted to do, and be able to actually um, just carve out time for, for God to be able to speak. And he, if you carve out time for him and you make room for him, he will show up. It might not be the way you like and it might not be the way you expect, but he does show up in those times. If You can carve out time for him. There's this other thing uh, that, that we have, and that's the discipline of our mind. And so I want to read in Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 through 8. If you read Joshua 1, you're going to read a phrase over and over and over and over. Be strong and be strong and again, I say be strong and exactly. So be strong and very be careful not to or be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. 
Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. There's a discipline that we do in our minds. We discipline our bodies, but we also discipline our minds, and it's through Scripture. We allow Scripture to actually discipline our minds. You see, as Joshua was beginning to take over from a guy named Moses, you guys know Moses. Moses was, was the leader of Israel, and he had led them through the wilderness, and he was leading them through. Um, uh, they were about to enter into the promised land, and, and God says, hey, Moses, you're not going to make it. Moses passes, and Joshua takes his command, takes, takes the leadership. He's the head honcho. And God is encouraging Joshua as he's taking leadership. And as he was taking command and, and stepping into this new role, the Lord tells Joshua that it would be his reliance on Scripture that would be the thing that gives him success. Reliance on Scripture would give him success. You see, God didn't give Joshua military instruction. And one of the biggest things that Joshua had to do was enter into the promised land and take over. So if, if you're thinking from, from an intellectual standpoint, he had to come up with military plans and he had to figure out how to do this thing. And so it would have been so much more practical for God to say, I need you to do this at this time with this many people and I need you to take over here and I need you to do this. But he doesn't do any of that. God actually just speaks to Joshua and says, I want you to rely on the law. I want you to know the law and, be, and keep it close to your heart. Keep it on your lips is what he says. You see, he didn't give him military instruction, but everything that he said to Joshua related to the spiritual. Joshua's success as a leader was going to come based on his reliance to the law and to the word of God. That was going to be how he was successful. The keys to Joshua's success were the same as those for one of the Old Testament kings. When God would, would appoint a new king in the Old Testament, he would say, I need you to, 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 to be after my heart. I need you to be close to me. I need you to keep the law close to you. He, he very rarely gives a, a, a direct military instruction. It was all about how close that they would be to God and his word rather than depending on their military might. And as soon as the kings lost sight of that, right, as soon as the kings looked at it and they said, okay, well, our army's getting small, so let's just build a bigger army and let's just do this thing, and they started doing things on their own, that's when God would actually remove them, take them out. You see, we live in a culture that tells us that the more that we know and the more that we do, the more success we can actually find. That's why you should go to the internship, know some things. Cheap plug. There you go. But see, here's the thing. That just means that our capacity for success is as much as we can do with our own strength and our own mind. Which isn't very much. You see, in the middle of one of the most important battles and one of the most important times to strategize and plan, because, hello, you have a new leader leading millions of people. And he's leading all of these people. 
it would be a perfect time to go, okay, let's game plan how we're going to do this. But God actually says, I just want you to focus on my word. I just want you to focus on the law. I just want you to focus on me. You see, no business plan, marketing proposal, or revolutionary idea will stand the test of time if we don't first lean into the word of God. If you don't first take the, the time to lean into scripture, know scripture, be able to, to, to have it close to your heart, then you won't be as successful as, as what God would, would want for you or, or have for you. Scripture has to be the first pass through in everything that we think and do. Every decision we make, everything that we set out to do with our life, every, every time we, we, we go and, and do something, it has to pass through Scripture. If it doesn't line up with Scripture, don't do it. Right? Like, come on, let's be real. Like, you have to know it so that it will actually discipline your mind in the decisions that you make. Read your stinking Bible. <laughs> gotta get you one then. We gotta get you one. We got we got tons. Let me get you one. Um without knowing the word of God. Without keeping it close, you cannot change the way you think. You will not change the way you think because humans are stubborn. It's just the way it is. I'm actually pretty stubborn as well. Macy would probably agree. Um, I want to share an embarrassing story. Can I do that? Okay. You promise to only keep it here between us? Okay. Promise? Okay. It's also going on Facebook and YouTube, so you guys got a promise too? Promise? Okay. When I was in, uh, okay, so you ever been, you guys have been through elementary school, most of you, maybe Jonah, I don't know. You're still in kids ministry, man. Exactly. Anyway, do you guys remember in elementary school as you were about to head into middle school? And they said, you can't get away with this in middle school. All right, if you're in middle school, hold on, hold on. If you're in middle school, it's not that much different, right? It's not as big as what they said, right? Well, then in middle school, Ethan can speak to this one. Caleb can speak to this one. In middle school, right, they tell you, you ain't going to put up with this in high school. Exactly, right? You get away with more. You look at it and you're like, okay, cool. So in high school, I'm sure you guys are hearing, hey, man, college is different. College is different. It is not the same. Yo, I had a wake-up call, y'all. It is not the same. Sound the alarms. Pay attention. Please. It is not the same. Don't believe the lie. Because I did. I graduated high school. And they kept saying in high school, college is different, man. College is different. You got homework. You got tests. You got all this stuff. And I'm like, I've had a 3.8 GPA my entire life. Let's go. I went into college. I didn't study for nothing. I didn't study for nothing. For nothing. Not a test, not a pop quiz, not my teacher's name, nothing. I didn't study nothing. Because I thought, like, okay, like, I can just, like, I can just, it's the same way. Middle school was like that. High school was like that. It's all the same. 
Um, <laughs> I got to the end of my first semester in college. And I got a letter with red lettering that had my name. And I was on academic probation. <laughs> and if I made those kind of grades again, they were going to give me the boot. <laughs> I was going to get kicked out of school. This is where it gets embarrassing. Forgive me, Facebook and YouTube. I had a 1.8 GPA. My highest grade was like a C minus. When you go to college, please study, okay? <laughs> it's not the same. Here's the thing, though. I say all that to say this. In the same way that I thought I could get by because I didn't need to study for all of my tests, if I don't, if I think I could get by because I don't know scripture, I'm going to find a rude awakening somewhere in my life. And I'm not saying that as soon as you stop reading your Bible, as soon as you walk away and kind of just maybe inch there, I'm not saying that the next day everything's going to fall apart. It might. But eventually you'll get to a spot, if you don't keep the word of God close to you, that you'll end up on academic probation just in life. And that's, no, that's not a place where, where anybody wants to be. Scripture disciplines our minds. It changes the way that we think intellectually about things. The last thing is this. It's from 1 Thessalonians. I'm going to read a little bit, and then I'll call the worship team up whenever. Um, but 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You see, Paul loved to end his letters with stuff like this. And I like it too. Like you guys ever, you guys ever get a letter and then it just ends so nice. Like even if it's not like a letter that you want to read, it just ends really nice. And you're like, oh, that was sweet. Just because the ending was nice. Yeah. No? Yeah. Emails? No. Text messages? No. Uh, male pigeons? Male carrier pigeons? Okay. Paul says, rejoice always. He says, rejoice always, pray continually, and give thanks in all circumstances. Paul loved ending all of his letters with something that was like this. You know, he, he style, stylized it, like it was kind of similar. A lot of his letters ended this way because he wanted people to keep the main thing the main thing. You can discipline your body all day long, but if you don't have the, the mind to, to actually understand things, you, you, you won't be able to, to do it effectively. You can know things all day long and discipline your body and then you just end up being really legalistic and all you do is just know a bunch of stuff and you act like you're better than everybody else. The real transformation, the real heart change comes when we discipline and when we allow for our souls to be changed. We work on our souls, our hearts. You see, Paul here talks about rejoicing he talks about giving thanks, and he talks about praying. Prayer and worship discipline our soul. Fasting is the tangible way that we discipline our body. Scripture is the way that we discipline our mind. But prayer and worship is how we discipline our souls. 
You see, if we are able to keep a posture of being able to hear from God and be able to rejoice in all that he's doing, what we'll find is that we are spiritually healthy. If you can continually pray and, and, and hear from him and talk with him and you enter into worship any time that you can, you're going to be spiritually healthy. You see, Paul saw the value in Christians both privately and publicly praying and giving thanks to God at all times. These are the disciplines that keep our soul tightly connected, tightly knit to God and his heart for us. See, while talking with God is important and while serving and doing things like being on a worship team is amazing because you're actually leading people in, you have to, have to, have to be able to have a posture to actually hear from him. I, I talk about this a lot when I talk about prayer. Do you guys have friends who all they want to do is talk? I get it. Somebody said, somebody said I'm one of them. Um, <laughs> check it, check it, check it. Those guys, you don't get to share anything with them. So how would they know what's going on in your life because they're too busy just talking all the time. And if you're one of those people, like, let somebody else talk for a little bit, you know? No, I know, I know, I know. Check it. Check it out. You have to have a two-way conversation for you to form a friendship, for you to form a relationship, for you to, to, to have a bond. If all I ever did is I just talk, 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 talk to Brandon, and that's all I do all the time, and I never let him even get a word, and he just gives me this face the entire time. If that's all I do, and then I'm like, yeah, Brandon's my best friend. He's like, what? You don't even know my name. Like, what are you talking about? Well, I know, but like, you know what I mean. So check this out. If we can actually posture ourselves to hear from him, God will actually speak life into our situations and circumstances, into the problems that we face, into the things that we're looking at and we're saying, man, there's no way that I can get through this. God can actually speak to those things if we would just allow him to do that through prayer. And in worship, callings are formed. Callings are formed. Hearts begin to change as we adopt an attitude of prayer and worship. That's why these are the most important services that we do. Hello, at the end of every Sunday or at the end of every month, please join us over there at 5 p.m. for prayer and worship. It's important. It's so important. If there's one service to come to, it's that one. Because that is where we position ourselves to say, okay, Lord, what is it that you want? What is it that you want to hear from me? What is it that, or what is it I need to hear from you more, more, more so? I love, I love, I love the book of Psalms so much because I really relate with David. Really, really relate with David because David was a little moody. He's a little kind of a diva a little bit. Because David in the Psalms would pray to God. He would lament and he would be like, why are you doing this to me? Or why is this happening? Or why is this blah, blah, blah? He was even saying, like, hey, Lord, can I kill this person? <laughs> like, 
I hate them so much. Like, please. And then there are some psalms where he actually just worships. And then the crazy ones, my favorites, are the ones where he's doing all three at the same time. Because <laughs> Paul really does that. If you don't think the Bible is entertaining, go read, go read more because it's so fun. But what, do we, but what do we say about David? David was who? He was a man after he was a man after God's own heart. And the reason that he was after God's own heart was because he knew God and he was close to him. He was so close, in fact, that he could actually get mad and frustrated at God and say things that he knew God would be mad at. He could be brutally honest with God. And if we don't allow ourselves any avenues or any ways that we can pray and worship and and really dedicate ourselves we will never find that authenticity to be that honest with God and we'll always kind of be like what are you going to do next are you going to hurt me I don't know when we're on I, there was a there was a quote that I read that was so awesome and I'm just paraphrasing it but when you're on the mountaintops of your life, when you're on the really high points in your life, worship is important because it's the reflection of what God has done and what he's brought you through. You've made it to those mountaintops. And when we're in the valleys of our life, it's important to lean in because that's where our strength comes. That's where our rescue comes. With whatever season we're in, prayer and worship is vital to stay close to the Lord. If the worship team would go ahead and come on up. It's so important. We discipline our, our we discipline our, our, our bodies, we discipline our mind, and we have to discipline our souls. You guys paying attention? That's good. Cool. This is like the, like the end. So, cool. Appreciate it. So last week we we really hit on transformation and how God is is the one that transforms us from the inside out and everything that we do. But as we walk through the process of transformation, as we walk through stepping into what God is calling us into and what God is actually saying. This is what I want you to be. This is who I want you to be. As we begin to step into that, we have to keep disciplines to keep us on track. We have to have disciplines that will actually keep us on track. If there's one thing from this message that, that you can get about disciplines, about spiritual disciplines, it's this. So pay attention. That was good, Dad. Pay attention. Our works and the things that we do do not save us. They don't save us. You can't work your way into heaven. You can't do anything to earn any sort of favor or like a, a pat on the back from, from God. You can't do anything. But 
our works do refine us. Works don't save us, but works do refine us. Because if you can set out to start to, to find these spiritual disciplines, to actually carve out time to really be with God and create spaces for him to speak into your life, you will walk through a process of transformation that's unlike anything that you've ever stepped into before. Transformation and disciplines. God working in us and us working to get closer to God and doing our part. The way that we act and the things that we do matter if we're going to wear the title of Christian. If you are going to be a Christian, if you are going to say, I am a Christ follower, I am a Jesus follower, this is who I am, this is my identity, then you have to, have to, have to do your part to discipline your body, your soul, and your spirit so that he can actually get a hold of those things and speak to them. Here's the fact of the matter. Too many people are wearing the title of Christ, uh, uh, of a Christ follower, without doing the work of actually allowing him to transform them. Too many people are saying, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christ follower, I'm a Jesus freak, I'm, I'm this, I'm that. But they actually aren't creating disciplines. They're actually not doing anything to stay close with them. So we have to let the work of, of transformation that the Lord is doing be the reason that we create disciplines so that we can draw near to him. Because scripture says that if we would draw near to the Lord, that the Lord would draw near to us. That's exciting. And that's good news. And that's amazing. Because there is no other religion, there is no other faith, there is no other God that would say, come to me. You can actually be worthy enough to come to me for one. But two, if you would come to me, I'll come at you harder. If you would take a step, I'll take two. There's no other God, there's no other person who would do that for us. We have to allow transformation to create disciplines so that the process can get moving. The cool thing about this, and I said it last week, if every head would bow and every eye, I would just be closed so that nobody's looking around. Not because I'm like trying to get people to do stuff, but it's just easier to focus that way, to be honest. The cool thing about transformation, the cool thing about creating disciplines is that it's never too late. You don't step across a line and all of a sudden you're transformed. You don't step across a line and all of a sudden you have all sorts of disciplines and you're just ready to go. We're all working this stuff out. We're all working it. We're all, we're all allowing God to, to work in us, to completely transform us and take over. We're all in this process together. And so tonight, if, if you would just be honest and you would just be upfront and you would say, you know what? There are some, some disciplines, there are some things in my life that are, are out of whack and 
Maybe I haven't been doing my part to stay close to God. Maybe I haven't been doing my part to, to create disciplines that will actually keep me close to the heart of God. Maybe you're here tonight and it's just, your heart is so hardened that you don't even care. Tonight, if you would say, there are just some things that I need to, to get sorted out tonight. It can be anything. If that's you, would you just please raise your hand? Tonight, if you would say, there's just things that I want the Lord to just deal with me in. Thank you. Thank you for those hands. I see them. The cool thing about response, the cool thing about responding is that we, we get a chance to pray and we get a chance to enter into worship and actually be able to step into the throne room of God, be able to step right in His presence. And if you are in a in a in a thing in a in a in a thick of, of a situation where you're just like, man, I don't know what to do. It is never, 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 never too late to to, to take that first step. Say, you know what? I, I might have messed up here. Or I might not have ever known what I'm doing, but now I'm going to step in. So, Lord, I just pray for each and every student that's here. Lord, I pray that whatever it is that they are, are dealing with, whatever it is that they are, are struggling in, whatever it is, that maybe they're, they're, they're in a season of celebration. Lord, I pray that you would allow this word to, to, to be a reminder that as you transform our hearts, as we allow you to, to transform us, that, Lord, we, um, we do, do our part to to stay close to you through how we we discipline ourselves and how we create healthy habits of of staying close to you by reading your word by by praying by worshiping you by by taking time to just sit in your presence by by fasting and lord i pray that Whatever it is, Lord, I, uh, that these students are walking in here with, I pray that they would just be comforted and they would just rest in the fact that, that it is never too late to start the process of transformation. It's never too late to create a, 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 se a season of, of, of disciplines and uh, creating these things. We're all working on them. It's all something that we're all dealing with and we're allowing you to to take part in. So Lord, I pray that you would just take this time as we enter back into worship, that Lord, you would speak to us, that, that you would draw us close because Lord, we wanna draw near to you. Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is true. I thank you that it is good. But I ask that you just bless each and every student, every, every leader, every family member that's represented here. Lord, and I pray that, that you would receive all of the glory, all of the honor, and all of the praise in our lives. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen.